and this is what they will require of you. So literally tell them, it's literally, I'll tell them the full contract before they sign. It's a bit like when you sign, um, you know, when you, let's say you sign for an online service, none of us reads the terms and conditions. I say, read the terms and conditions before you do it. And I explain it to them. My name is Aldo Martin, and this is the Reclamation Podcast. All right, everyone, welcome back. So today we, not we, but our program has taken a turn. And I've said this several times, and I I guess I'll just say it again. Um, So if you've heard this already, please pardon me. When we set out to do the Reclamation Podcast, I assumed it was going to be for former members. And by former members, I thought it was going to be the people that were my age, maybe a little bit younger, maybe a little bit older, but for the people that experienced the ICOC in the 1980s, the 1990s, and the early 2000s. I had no idea that the church continued. And then we had people come forward, like we met Trisha, we met Rochelle from season one, excuse me, from season two. And both of these ladies came in well after the Harry Creek letter. And we're able to explain the same stories that I was telling. And then the program took a different turn where I started getting people reaching out to me from an organization called the ICC, also known as the International Christian Church, which is the new iteration of what the ICOC was back then. And as these people have reached out to me, they're saying the same stories. The same exact stories. How could that be? Regardless of regardless of location, regardless of time, they're saying the same stories. So today, we have with us our friend Eni, all the way from the United Kingdom. Eni, welcome to the program. Pleasure to be here. Oh man, pleasure to have you, man. Pleasure to have you. What, what time is it over there right about now? Right now, it's 4 p.m. for me. What time is it for you? Uh, it's about it's just it's just gone after nine o'clock, so just about thirty minutes past nine. But we still have daylight, so I think yesterday was the longest day of the year, longest day in the year. So it's getting shorter now. So um, you know, winter's just around the corner now. Now it's downhill now. So, but I'm gonna enjoy it while it lasts. We're having some great weather at the moment. It it, it was it was longest day of the year. So, Eni, you you reached out to me via social media. Because uh, you you heard the program. What what made you want to reach out and, and also come tell your story? I think it was a number of things. I think, first of all, the production value was really, really good. And I think... But by, the way, I, by, by the way, if I, I don't mean to cut you off, thank you for saying that. But the truth is, folks, <laughs> I'm coming for you live and direct from my basement, a.k.a. Homeboy Studios. <laughs> That's all it is. But go yeah. on, my brother. Go on. Yeah, I think it was the production stewards. But, I mean, I've heard of podcasts about ex-ICLC members and stuff like that. And if I had to be honest, most of the time it's very angry and very bitter. And, you know, it's just literally people just want to vent. I'm not saying you don't have a right to vent. But I thought your program, what was different about it, there was a there was, it was constructive. So, for example, someone who was in the ICC or who's still in, or still in the ICC, could they immediately dismiss it? And that's powerful. 
because I've always believed that if you want someone to listen to your point, even if you vehemently disagree with them, present it in the way that, you know what, I see where you're coming from. And that's what attracted me to your program. Wow. You know what? You make me want to come on the program. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how can I make that happen? So, yeah. so, so, so you reached out and then you wanted to tell your story. But what was fascinating was that you were not a member of the ICOC. That's right. Please tell us, man, what were you a member of and where? Well, I was a offspring of the child of the ICC or the mm-hmm. evil twin or evil cousin, whatever you want to call it. So if the, um, if, if, the if you use a biblical example, if the ICOC was uh, Jacob, yeah. this, the ICC is Esau. There we go. <laughs> there we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah. We are... We are uh, uh, siblings, same mother, different fathers. <laughs> yes, I like that one. I like that one. More streets, yes. But go yes. on, man. Go on. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 repeat the question. So, how I joined, or no, no, no. So, where was it then? It was the ICOC. Excuse me, ICC. Yeah. But, but where? Yeah. Where did you join? Yeah, it was. It was in London. In London. Okay. Yes. What? What year? It was in two thousand and nine. And when did you leave? Uh, 2013. Okay. I have questions. Yeah. I have questions. So 2009 or 2009, rather, that's about six years after the Henry Crete letter. And that's about, about, that, yes. And that's about three. Matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, the ICC was created in 2006. I think so. Yeah. In Portland, I believe. And so here you are three years after. So you're like one of the, one of the first generation. Yes. What was your perception of the ICOC? I didn't even know about them. Oh. In fact, I was so green. I never knew they even existed. Oh, boy. Yeah. Because you have to remember, I just became sort of interested in Christian things about two years prior to that. So, um, so yeah. So, my sort of uh, grasp of church history or sort of cultish-like or problematic churches, I, I had no clue. So I was very, very green. Or like they say in prison terms, fresh fish. <laughs> <laughs> How old were you at the time? How old were you when you joined? I think I was either 24, 25, I believe. 24, 25. Okay, so what, what led you to join? What what made you join? You were you were green, like you said, but what made you join? Actually, this is actually very, very unique in terms of where I joined because I didn't join in a traditional way whereby you get you meet someone on the street. In fact, it's actually quite this is quite unique in your in your series. Okay. What happened was I was um, attending a, a church at the time and I was quite zealous, but zealous without any knowledge and stuff like that. So I saw at the time the leader of the London church. He was setting up a table in a near a shopping mall in London. And um, I, you know, he was, he was, he was sort of um, sharing out Christian literature. So I thought, oh, fellow Christian, you know, let me try and encourage him. Say, keep up the good work. You're doing the Lord's work. And that's what talking, introducing ourselves. A bunch of Muslims come to him, wanting to really beat him up because I think the Be- previous wait, wait, day- whoa, 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 hold up, wait, what? They wanted to beat him up. Oh, asking questions because he had he had rattled a bunch of Muslims there because he had challenged obviously the, the Islamic view on, on things. So I've come to him. How can you? I've come like Superman. How can you sort of you know argue against this man of God? 
blah blah this and blah blah that. Oh, uh, so you yeah. jumped you jumped in the fight, the verbal the verbal altercation. Yeah, to, yeah, to protect the, the then ICC leader at the time. But you so, didn't know. Uh, but you didn't know he was an ICC leader. I didn't know at the time. You you just Christian. thought you just thought it was a Christian man, fellow Christian. Yeah, yeah. Let me help him yes. out. Boom, yes. bam, tag team match. You're yeah. in. Go ahead. Spot Go on. Ahead. Spot on. So obviously, because I'm a big guy, I'm in six foot two at the time. I was trying to become a professional soccer player, so I was in prime fit conditions. And oh let's man, say, this is this is yeah. prime Eni. This is the Eni they yeah. don't want any problems yeah. with. Go yeah, on, man. Exactly. Go on. Yes. So obviously, I've come and sort of say, "How can you say this?" And I studied about Islam and stuff like that. So I, I told them why I believe Islam was false. Blah blah blah, and everything. So cut the long story short, the. Situation died down, and I think he was quite impressed by that. He said, "Wow, someone's come here to defend me. He's probably never seen that before for a long time, because he probably gets a lot of criticism." To be fair to him, so he invited me to his home. I was taken aback by that. We've just met, and you invited me to your home for like um, coffee or lunch. And I was that's, that's, taken that's nice, right? That's nice. Yeah, that, that was, yeah, that's quite nice. So I said, like, "Yeah, why not?" And I think when I went to his home, we did a study. I think we we didn't do the because normally you do the seeking God study, the Word of God study. So I think he kind of knew from my outlook. I believed in the Bible, and I believed Yo, in hold God. up, hold up. Can yeah. I can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, sure. Yeah, you did discipleship. Yes, yes. Come spot on, on, man. Let me tell you. Don't play spot, with me, spot, man. Spot, don't spot, ever spot, di- don't ever disrespect what I know about this. Come on now. Go ahead. Yes. All right, go on, go on, go on. Yeah. So you did discipleship. So we, so we did this discipleship study. So I'm thinking, wow, discipleship, and a bit like what happens when you go for a Bible study. You're thinking maybe it's just to I was open to correction because if you're, you know, obviously if you're a Christian, one of your marks is humility. That you realize that you don't have it all together. That someone who is studied or is a pastor, you kind of look up to him and think, okay, he must know what he's doing. And maybe if he teaches something about discipleship, that's something I can learn and maybe take to my own church. But I didn't realize that I know was using as a recruitment tactic. So obviously he does the mental gymnastics with you. And because I wasn't that biblically literate, he was able to um, um, to obviously show obviously the, the typical thing: disciples equals Christians equals saved, and sort of, sort of twisted it to realize that I wasn't really a Christian at the time. Hang tight, we'll be right back. How do you feel about music? I love music. How do you feel about eighties music? 80s music is my jam. Well, what do you think about a podcast about 80s music? I think that's a great idea. I'm Aldo. And I'm Elena. Join us on the Jammin' on the One podcast. As we discuss, listen to, and reminisce about our favorite songs from the 80s and beyond. I have a question. Yes, you just you just produced the thought in in uh, in my mind, and I'm wondering what your thoughts are on this. You said that you were not well versed in scripture at the time. I was. I think I knew proof texts, but I couldn't give you context. Okay, I think that's a difference. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But would you say that you knew the Bible as well as he did? No. No. So, relatively speaking, relatively speaking, you're not as well versed as he was. Yes do, you, yes. do you think that that is to the church's advantage 
where there's a bunch of us who don't know the Bible like this, so they present themselves as experts. Do you think that's a strategy? Yes, definitely, because the majority of people in so-called Christendom don't know their Bibles. They know this, this famous chapters like John 3, 16 or Jeremiah 29, but to give their context to sort of like the technical term is exogesis, isogesis, they haven't got a clue. Yeah, And I was one of them. Yeah, I, I I understand. I understand. So anyhow, so you're 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 at his home and you're doing the discipleship study. Yeah, yeah. So I did the discipleship study. So I'm thinking, wow, this is some deep stuff. But my thinking was maybe it's something I could tell my church for them to correct themselves on. Mm. But yeah, but he was trying to say to me that no, your church won't accept this, and you know you need to come with us, and you know this is really, really, really a hard teaching so he kind of convinced me to sort of sort of then and then leave my dead church at the time of course of <laughs> to come course. to the fellowship the following so because i think i met him on the was it a tuesday or wednesday and he convinced me to go to their first service on a on the, on the following sunday so <clears throat> this is this is actually quite odd um i've never recalled anybody having their their faith uh shared with or someone having met in this way you actually came to the defense Yes. In an outside verbal yes. altercation. Yeah, okay. and trust me, to the story short, I, when I got baptized, I was held as, as a celebrity. The man that saved the London leader. Oh. Everyone knew about me. So I became a celebrity. So you can imagine my ego went. <laughs> and it was used to say, if you go to L.A., there'll be a lot of sisters for you. I'll say, this is the brother that saved me. That sort of thing. <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't know that, man. You should... You should have led with that when you introduced yourself to me. That's what you should have said, man. That's oh, okay. What, that's what you should have said. I had no idea who I was speaking with up until now because oh. then I would have done a totally different introduction, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so you're in the church, everything is yeah. hunky dory, and then eventually yeah. you left. Now let me ask you something. Yeah, sure. It was two different organizations, though. ICOC yeah. and the ICC are two different organizations. But for yeah. whatever reason, the stuff that you've heard on the reclamation yeah. resonated with you because yes. there were similarities. Yeah. yeah. Can you explain what some of those similarities might have been? I think what's what's happened. I think the similarities was an emphasis on stats. I emphasize it that we are the one true church and everyone else is going to hell but they don't they don't overtly say that they imply it through their actions but they're too clever enough to say it on record as well um an emphasis on heavy discipleship and a heavy ship on accountability and advice culture or what we would deem permission culture to do more or less major life decisions you make so what was your reaction though when you saw these similarities it's so funny though, I think, and it's so funny, this is where, you know, you talk about, obviously when you talk to, to past guests, talk about red flags and ignoring them. Mm-hmm. I remember being baptized and I remember everyone going about how, uh, kick this, kick that. And I think, who's this kick dude that everyone's talking about all the time? You know, because at the time I never heard of him. But it was like, because obviously I just wanted to be just Christ and Christ alone and Christ-centered. But the way kick was sort of lauded like he's some prophet and stuff like that. So that was a major red flag for me. Then what would happen was the leader at the time would say, 
yeah, Kip made some mistakes, but a lot of people hate him because he wants to follow the Bible. This is why he's getting heavily persecuted across the world and stuff like that. So I did some, you know, internet research. I started hearing all these stories and stuff like that. So this was a few um, weeks into my baptism. Oh. And also I think this is this is a little bit... Um, okay, just to, let me rewind a bit, you know. I think also what happened, I got... Because of my zeal when I got initially got baptized, I convinced my brother to join the church. Oh, look at you. Fruitful right yeah. away. Yes, exactly. And that, that added to my cele- so-called celebrity status at the time. Okay, hold up, hold up. Let me ask you a question, man. How, yeah, soon, sure. there, how soon thereafter did your brother join? I think maybe a week or two. A week? Yeah, we got to nah, yeah. B. Yeah. Hold up. Yeah. So, so you saved you saved the the, the evangelist life. Yes. And then, and then you baptized your brother a week later. Yes. 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 Yo, my man. I did. did you... but I, I I don't think I baptized him, but I brought him in. Someone that, else. That, no, that him. counts. That counts. That's, okay. That's, fair enough. Yeah, fair that, enough. That, fair that, enough. Fair enough. Just that to be counts. Technical. That's a, to be that, accurate, that, yeah. Listen, that's what we call uh, 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 in football terms. That's an assist. Fair enough, fair it is, fair it is. I, I accept that. I and that, that counts in the statistics, doesn't it? Yes, yeah, it oh, does. It okay, does. okay. But you didn't stop there. I believe no. somebody else got baptized. Yes, and a few months later, my sister joined. Yo, all right, people. This guy's saving lives and reuniting <laughs> families. <laughs> so, but now you're a few weeks in, a few months in, and you're hearing all these talks about leadership. Yeah and yeah. persecution and you decide to search these things out on your own yeah do some research on the church and the icc who was kit mckean and why does why did they go on about the icoc shout out to chris about reveal.org so i did yes. to re- uh, read some of those testimonies and i was thinking this doesn't make sense and i'm a bit um, skeptical and i did bring this up to my disciple and to the leader at the time and to be fair to them they did answer it they didn't become defensive you know, they were actually quite, um, what's the word, open about the mistakes. So they would say, yes, we've made some serious mistakes, but things have changed now with Kip's new movement. We want to focus on love and making sure that the needs of the church are being met and stuff like that. So that kind of settled things a little bit. Okay, so 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 you so you 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 found some things that were of concern. Yes, you, yes. You brought it up to the leadership and, and yes. they acknowledged the concerns. Yes. They didn't. Yes. They didn't dismiss you. I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. And and they said, well, we've decided to change things around, and and things are going to yeah. be centered around. You said love and mercy. Is that what you said? Y- yes. Meeting the needs of the church. Meeting, meeting the needs. The of needs the- meeting yeah. the needs of the church. So, yes. uh, all of my former ICOC people out there, <laughs> hey, hey, maybe we should be there. Maybe we should be there because this is what we've been saying all these years. And ICC is is saying that they're going to right the wrongs and it's going to be about meeting the needs of the church. Yeah, I think to be fair, I think at the start it was genuine. And I'll tell you why. Because at the time, the London church wasn't an established church. It was more of a remnant group. So they mostly met in houses. So probably why that was that emphasis was there. And it was there. You know, I remember um, the church uh, paid for me to go to L.A. for me and my brother to go to L.A. for a conference. So they did back up what they were saying, you know, and and stuff. So I think at the time, because when you're sort of a house group, you've got more of a coziness together. There seems to be more a a, things seem to be more genuine. So there wasn't a sort of 
overemphasis on stats per se, because I think only one person was on staff and that was the leader. Everyone else was doing it on, on a voluntary basis because everyone had full-time jobs. You, you it know changed when the leader changed. But you, I can tell you that a bit later. <laughs> you know what's funny about that is the way you're describing it is that's kind of how the Boston movement began. You know, as in season three, we're discussing the early days of the Boston movement and how there were a lot of house churches, there were a lot of smaller groups, and things were a bit more organic. It wasn't, uh, yes, it wasn't as organized. Corporate. It wasn't corporate. Yeah, it wasn't corporate. And when I spoke with, um, when I spoke with Steve Johnson before, he 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 gave me a term. He said, you know, back then it was more of an organism, and then eventually the organism became an organization. Mm. And I'm like, okay, that sounds interesting. Mm. So that's what it sounds like the way you're describing yeah. uh, the, yeah. London, the London ICC in the yeah. year 2009, 2010. Yeah. yeah. So then, Eni, what um, what shifted then? Because it sounds sounds yeah. great. Yeah, I think what shifted was a change of leadership because they were just trying to obviously establish a church, get people from the cheap still from the ICOC or the London ICOC at the time and get something going. I think once they got to a certain number, they said, okay, we're going to officially plant a church in London. Certain number, you mean in terms of membership? In membership, yeah. Okay, okay. So so this is when there was a leadership change in 2010. And once the new leader... Is that that good or bad? um, They wanted to make things more official, more structured at the time. So when the new leaders came, that's when the so-called old school habits become oh yeah old school habits such as what stats heavy accountability permission you know you know advice taking that sort of thing describe that to us man why 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 did that start to bother you i think to be fair and even to this day i still still have a soft spot for the first leader of the icc because he did look after me there was things that he did, and I think it was genuine. You know, he would have given me his last ten dollars or ten pounds. Genuine connection there, per se. And um, I think when he left, I think I struggled with that because you see this sort of father figure. Now he's left, and you got some new guy to just come and say, "Okay, you know." And he totally changed a lot of things. So the people that had been having full time jobs but doing campus ministry, he literally because obviously he brought the whole team from the LA to London, so a different campus minister, mm. and literally that caused a lot of issues because we in the UK are more reserved. We don't like this loud American evangelistic Texas, you know, shouting. We're more reserved, as you can tell. We're more crumpets and tea, and you have this loud thing. <laughs> we are going to be an ass in church, you know? Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> you know... <laughs> You know, I'm very happy that you said crumpets and tea because I was gonna say it, but it wouldn't sound right if it came out of my yeah. mouth. So I'm glad, right. I'm glad, yeah. the, I'm glad the Britishman acknowledged yeah. the crumpets and tea. Okay, yes. Elena yes. from Three B will be very happy with that. By the way, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair she enough, loves her, she loves herself some tea. So, <laughs> you know, as you're saying this, man, this really sounds familiar because, you know, when mm-hmm. the Boston movement began, you know, it was. It was organic. And what would Mm. happen was a lot of leaders from different parts or different people from different parts of the country would come to Boston Mm. to train 
mm. and learn the methods mm. of the Boston movement. And then they would mm. leave Boston and go and implement those new mm. teachings in other places. Mm. So mm. it sounds like London was was happening organically. It sounds like something that you were obviously enjoying and something that was benefiting your life. Yep. But while you're experiencing this, mm. on the other side of the world, the eventual leadership for London was being trained. Yes, they were, yes. And whatever it is that they were learning in Los Angeles, you didn't know about, but they eventually brought it over and implemented yeah. it in London. Yes, yes and, they did. And that changed the dynamic for you. It did, yes. It definitely, from being, like I said, when you spoke to Steve Johnson, when you talked about being an organ to an organization, that's when it happened. That's the shift point. Oh, boy. 2010. Why, why, why do you think that is, man? Why, why do you think that makes it a shift? Why is that, why is that important to tell in this story? Next time on The Reclamation. So I had, in my time there, I had struggled a lot in terms of my mental health, you know, you know, most of my time I was really, really depressed. 